You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm at fellow adventurers. I have decided to go to Northwest Tulsa, near the Old Northwood, where there was a place called The Other Lair. A large, round red oaken door set into the base of a mossy slope just inside the eastern border of the old north wood serves as the entrance to a most curious tavern who does a link on the door word outside the outline of what appears to be an ant standing on two legs is etched into the middle of the door the other there is commonly referred to as the lair by its more frequent patrons is an establishment owned and operated by the famed adventurer Octopus Doctor, who is an actual player of this game. Well, a character of a player of the game is from the roster of Hephaestus 16. Okay, and here's a little confession that's me. <laughs> yes, now that would reveal some things. Yeah, so he's got some pretty hefty skills, some pretty hefty powers. And the Phantom Frost hat. And some mistletoe equipment. Yes. The other letter. The exterior of the tavern bears an unsettling resemblance to some sort of hive. There's a link here. Upon second glance, you come to conclusion the exterior of the tavern actually resembles a large ant hill, which is very nice. Assuming the ants are friendly. But they must be, they set up a tavern. Through the sounds of merriment drifting out of a half dozen circular windows, suggesting an interior atmosphere, wife with food, drink, and jovial camaraderie. A wooden sign nailed to the post to the left bears a faintly emblazoned message, and I'm going to read that. You step up to the wooden sign and examine the message faintly emblazoned upon its worn timbers. West here, you're weary thing. Hmm, that seems to be different than what I've read before. Hmm. Maybe it's. I think last time it was different. But maybe I'm remembering wrong. Now to enter the other lair. The musty scent of damp earth mingled with the pungent aroma of wood smoke fills the sunken and cavernous main room of the other lair. A, motto, a motley collection of battered oil lanterns dangling from oaks stretch across the massive wooden beam supporting the earthen ceiling. The combined spluttering light serves to chase most of the gloom to the far corners of the chamber. Look closely at these lanterns. 
The, the lanterns strung up along the ceiling beams are the retired lamps of Octopus Doctor, the tavern's illustrious profiteer. And a good friend of mine. A throng of high, a throng of high-spirited patrons, some of them fellow adventurers, fills the womb, creating a merry din that soars into the wafters, across the ceiling and out of the windows. What is this merry din? You hear the gentle, soothing sound of a mandolin drifting out of the far corner of the cavernous room. Ooh, so there's a bard here. Or maybe a troubadour or something else. Moving throughout the crowded space, bearing trays laden with enchant enticing fare, is a small legion of upright jade found ants. The particular serve peculiar servers seem to garner no unique attention as they methodically tend to their duties. So let's have a look a closer look at these ants. You carefully observe the upright jade found ants as they move about the crowded tavern on two legs, leaving their other four legs free to attend to a variety of tasks. Despite their somewhat human like gait and posture, the ants never seem to indirectly engage with anyone, save for a small handful of the proprietor's human servants, who now and again interact with the creatures, apparently providing direction. So, quite a lot of things I can do here. can order food and drink, seek out the tavern keep, engage with one of the ant servers, throw some darts, move about the womb, and of course, leave the tavern. But I don't want to do that yet. I'm just going to go down this list systematically. Order food and drink. Renowned for the fortified nature of its varied ale, the unique character and makeup of its ales, the other lair has become a favourite horn for locals and a preferred stopover for hungry travellers. According to long-standing rumours, the Jade Fang servers are directly involved in the preparation of the tavern's food and the brewing of its ale. Despite their inability to directly communicate with patrons, the upright ant servers prowling the comb room are capable of understanding and fulfilling any request made for food or drink. So, order some food. You signal to one of the Jade Fang servers. Oop, let's do it closely now. You carefully observe. Oh no, it's the same as last time. Who, upon receiving direction from a human server, scuttles over and stands silently before you, apparently awaiting you for a voice your order for food. So, here we are. Order the day's stew. They all require at least one gold token, and I have a lot more than that. I have 134,251, to be precise. Order the day's stew. The day's stew, a thick, enticing brace, composed of moth wings and brutal legs, proves every bit delicious as its aroma and presentation suggests. After emptying your bowl, you lean back in your chair, and spend the next small while observing the seemingly incessant bustle of the tavern's main room. At length, you rise and make your way across the crowded space. Alright, let's order food and drink again. Order food. Order the roasted hare. Now, presumably, this happened on another day, because otherwise I'm going to get really, really fat. Wonk. Despite having been roasted well beyond your usual preference, the hare proves both succulent and flavourful. Served on a bed of green, some of which you are not certain are edible, the charred rabbit is almost more than you can eat, though in the end you manage to leave not a single wayward scrap on your plate. Having concluded your meal, you stand up from your table and make your way across the room. Alright, food and drink, food, the smoked trout. 
The smoked trout is smaller than you imagined, but entire but the entirety of the plate, which includes a wedge of cheese, a thick chunk of hard bread, and a small heap of steamed snails, proves more than enough to satisfy your appetite. Mmm, snails. Perhaps they're delicious. I wouldn't know. I'm a vegetarian. And I, before I became a vegetarian, I wasn't French. So I don't know what snails taste like. <laughs> and I'm not French now either. Uh, it's you can't you can't just become French by accident. I think there's there's a process. I think it involves either being having a French parents or some really complicated procedure. Not looked into it though. Proves more than enough fare to satisfy your appetite. After finishing the generous serving, you spend a few moments observing the bustle around you before rising and making your way across the crowded chamber. Now, with these player-owned taverns, taverns, it tends to be things happen after you've looked and after you've looked at all the links. Order some food. Order the seasoned bear. As you might expect, the bear, delicious and blackened to near perfection, is greasy but delicious. Resting atop a mound of mashed turnip and smothered in steamed snails, the thick steak is among some of the finest fare you've ever tasted. To cleaning off your plate, you rise from your table at which you're seated and stroll across the crowded room. Okay, and back back to the main room. Gonna order order food and drink. Order food. Okay, I've done it. I've done all of that. Order ale. You signal one of the J Fang servers, or upon receiving direction from a human server, scuttles over and and stands silently before you, apparently awaiting you awaiting you to voice your order for ale. The tavern speciality, known as Ale Ale, often proves, to say the very least, a most interesting concoction. Well, obviously I'm going to have Ale Ale, because, I mean, if Ale's nice, then Ale Ale has double the Ale, so it'd be even better. So order the Ale Ale. The Ale Ale, a strong, bitter, complex brew. Those ingredients include spider eggs, mouse tail, bear claws and charred woods is a surprisingly pleasant and fortifying drink. After finishing your flagon and glimmering your way through an unusual lingering aftertaste, you feel a sense of warmth rising from the pit of your stomach, awash in the jovial spirit imparted by the strange ale. You make your way across the common room finding that you now need to take special care with each step. Oh, maybe I had some of that yesterday. Because <laughs> I had wobbly legs. Order food and drink. Order some ale. The Hive Shine Ale. The Hive Shine Ale, the ingredients of which are not disclosed, is a watery blue that leaves behind an aftertaste reminiscent of charred wood. Several minutes after consuming the ale, you find that your field of vision is is, fl- is flecked with a myriad of sparkling blue dots that seem to outline that upon which your eyes focus. After only a few moments, however, dots fade and your vision returns to normal. I wonder if that would give me any advantages. Like, let me see where the treasure is. <laughs> Probably not. Because I mean, as an adventurer, I already have a heightened treasure sense. So the ale, the third ale is the Morning Star Ale. A hint of honey and, and a distinct spoky flavour. Characterize 
characterised this dark, heady ale, oddly enough, for consuming only a swallow of the potent brew, you suddenly notice that the tavern's J-Fang servers all seem to have adopted an eerie, greenish glow. Within just a few moments, the glow fades, and you finish the remainder of the ale without experiencing any further oddities. All right, keep going through. Now on to, yep, that's all for all three ales. So on to the payload. You signal to one of the J Fang Sergos. Upon receiving, okay, yep, the same as same as the last time. So when you look closer. Upon receiving direction from a human server, scurries over and stands silently before you, apparently awaiting you to voice your order for paleo. The tavern has two small cauldrons from which they serve two distinctly different brews of paleo. Paleo from the orc, ornate Kalo. Paleo is known as a goon paleo, which, which bears a notorious reputation for its fierce flavour and odd enhancements. The plain, the plain cauldron on our left is filled, is nearly always filled with paleo of the more usual variety. So I'm going to have this lagoon paleo. Lagoon paleo, served in a stout earthenware mug. Ooh, I can look closer at this mug. No, no, I can't. You say there's a link, but nothing happens. Odd. Hmm. I guess I guess it's interesting enough for me to look at it, but I look and then there's nothing. It smells and looks like almost any other long brewed paleo. However, as you stare down at the vessel's steaming black contents, you're startled when a moth wing suddenly floats to the surface. The unexpected ingredient swiftly slinks back into the murky depths and you consume the hot Flavourable beverage without hesitation. Alright, more food and drink. Back to the Palo. Now just the regular Palo. The Palo, stirred in a stout earthenware muck, is both strong and exceedingly flavourable. After emptying your vessel, you set it down on a table and lean back in your chair, content to spend the next few minutes observing the incessant bustle around you. Alright, now an adventure has been unlocked. Fire and flame. <coughs> but that I'll save that until I've done everything else here. Now seek out the tavern keep. You find the tavern keep, a heavy set, white haired man named Idrisol, giving instructions to one of his human servers. He cordially greets you and asks, is there anything you need? I'm just going to have an old chat, converse with him. You've been conversing with Didrestall and quickly enjoy the tavern keep enjoys talking. As he prattles on about things of no particular confidence, you consider attempting to steer the conversation towards more interesting topics. Ask about the Jade Fang servers. Quite a sight, aren't they, said Isdor. To be honest, I don't know how we'll manage around here without their help. Suddenly, a lot of brief concern passes over the tavern keeps' face. Still, it'd be a different story if the magic that keep, keeps them as they are, you know, upright and all that, was to fail. Shiver just to think of it. Israel excuses himself, bids you farewell, and moves off to tend to one of his many duties. Alright, there's another thing to talk about. Inquire about the tavern's owner. Our proprietor is, of course, none other than Octopus Doctor, said Istristol, making mention of the famed adventurer who owns the tavern. He's not here all that often, though, which should hardly be surprising. At all, he wouldn't amass such an incredible collection of accomplishments by spending his day here. The tavern keep goes all to goes on to tell you several interesting antidotes involving Octopus Doctor, politely excusing himself to tend to one of his many duties. Have we tried the ale ale? He asks as he steps again. We might have a go at it. 
some rare form today, if you know what I mean. Okay, engage with one of the ant servers. You take several attempts to engage the ant servers moving about the crowded room, but the upright jade fangs take no apparent notice of you. Seemingly single-minded of purpose, the ant beings regard you as little more of an obstacle around which they efficiently navigate en route to their target locations. You note that each of the ant servers has a small sparkling square of green stone attached to the base of their left rearmost leg. What is this square of stone? You closely observe the stones attached to the ant leg. Note that every so often, a faint greenish glow animates from the sparkling stone. They, when this happens, the ants seem to freeze in mid-step for a fleeting instant before resuming their usual swift and accurate movements. Ooh. One of the ants, holding a tray aloft with all manner of food and drink, nearly collides with you, but gracefully twists it aside and continues on its way. Way across the chamber. Okay, next up, gonna throw some darts. A round wooden target fixed to the wall to the right of the fireplace serves as a dart bomb for what has become a staple of competitive entertainment at the other lair. Patrons can often be found hurling a round of darts hoping to earn a place on the record. A list of the top scores obtained by those who've tossed darts at the target. A thin, white-haired man perched on a nearby stool watches closely as darts are hurled at the target, often sharply criticising the owner's aim or technique. Who is this white-haired man? The old man looks away from the current round of the darts and greets you warmly. He introduces himself as Tribor, and says that he was once considered the best dart hurler around. You'd be sure to have a go at the darts every now and again. It's good for clearing the mind, letting you think. As, as Charlebar launches into a comical critique of the last dart thrower's poor form, you bid, bid him farewell and step away. View the record. Yeah, so this... It's the top start scores achieved in the other lair. There are 100 entrants. Although there might be slightly more if there's any draws. Because that, that's just what happens sometimes. Yes, there's, there's, okay, there's 101 because there's two 46s. No, right. There's two 27s. Ooh, hyper dude. Another one of mine. So 29. Where there's two of them. Two eighteens, and that's it. So there's actually a hundred and three people have played at this darts, and the scores go from eight thousand six hundred and fifty down to five thousand eight hundred and ninety by Goalt, who is of Pachyderm. Oh, and there's, and there's another there's another one of mine. What? Down all the way at 92. Time to hurl some darts, I believe. You reach into a wooden bucket and draw out the first of the ten well-used iron-eared darts. Several people gather nearby to watch as you prepare to have a go at the target. And I suggest they stand well back, because I might not have very good aim. Dart. One of ten. You grip the angular dart shaft, draw back your arm, and take aim at your target. Pick a number between one and one thousand. That's what they all are from now on. Bonus of 42. 22 from agility, 20 from luck. Pick now. 519, whoosh, whack! The iron-eared missile streaks through the air and lodges itself just outside the centre of the target for 519 points. Hurl dart number two. You grip the angular dart shaft, 
draw back your arm and take aim at the target. Bonus of 44, 24 from agility now. Just keeps going up for some reason. Pick now. 1,038. So that's nearly the highest score I could possibly get. The eyed-eared missile shrieks through the air and plants itself in the dead centre of the target for 1,038 points. Alright, third dart. Same again, but bonus of 46. Because the agility keeps rising, you equip the angular dart shaft. Draw back your arm and take aim at the target. 884 from that. Okay, and 338. Hold out number 5. Right, bonus of 50 now. 1005. That's a very respectable score. And dart number 6. Bonus of 52. 770. Dart number 7. 937. Dart number 8. 979. Okay, I'm not at the bottom now. Pick now. Dart number 9. 151. The Eidmeard missile streaks through the air and embeds itself in the outer wing of the target for 151 points. I don't know how this dartboard is arranged that you can have such that can have such a range of points. Because it's not any dart that I've ever seen. Because in those you okay, there's a huge range of points, but I mean, you can get from 1 to 60, but you can't get a range of more than 1,000. I guess I guess with this dart, it's just... Your points are just measured from how close you are to the exact centre. Because then, then, of course, you could get a huge range, especially if it's really finely gradiated. Here's the 10th and final dart. Get a bonus of 60. 40 from agility, 20 from luck. I guess the bonus goes up as I get more focused, get more into the darting zone. Pick now. Whoosh. The iron 926. Thwack. The iron missile streams through the air. And plants itself near the centre of the target for 926 points. And that's all 10 darts. I've got a score of 7,547. 7, and that's my best score, because it's my only score. Maybe I'll be able to raise it later, maybe not, maybe I won't even try. As the next player moves up to collect the ten darts you've just thrown, you step back momentarily to admire your handwork. Be sure to save your game so your score will be recorded. Talabar, perched on a nearby school, watches closely as the darts are held at the target often sharp, sharply criticising the thrower's aim or technique. Alright, what does Telebor have to say now? Oh, he doesn't have anything to have to say. I'm going to save the game, I think. Yep, leave the tavern, save the game. Maybe that will unlock. Because I know, I, I know from experience... That he has something to say. Telepoir looks away from the current round of darts and greets you with a nod. You enjoy tossing the darts around, he says. Might be willing to teach you a few tricks, if you could help me out a bit. Real tricks, if you must know. Interested? What? Making an arbitrary number higher? Well, you've got my interest. Especially since it leads to nothing at all changing. And those are the best type of numbers to arbitrarily make higher. 
I am interested. Teleporter rises from his stool and draws you aside where he speaks in a hushed tone. You learn that nearly two years ago he loaned a special statue of his to an adventurer embarking on a quest to slay a fearsome carnage crawler that makes its cave in a lair. It's its lair in a cave in the tall neck region of southern Vecwood. He tells you that the adventurer never returned from the excursion and was, by all accounts, devoured by the carnage crawler he sought to slay. A fearsome specterin, known throughout the adventuring set as Feaster. Lad to whom I led the bag isn't the first and won't be the last who becomes a meal for that fiend, he says, scowling as he references feature. I'd very much like to get that satchel back, but I'm not sure how much hope there is to be found in such a notion. Unless someone like you would consider such a task. When you inquire about the lost satchel, a faint smile creeps across Tyrobor's face. Tyrobor seems reluctant to reveal too much about the satchel, providing only sketchy details about the lost sketch and his reasons for desiring its return. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Don't describe it in too much detail. Then there's no chance I could make a fake one. And get these dart and get these darting secrets without doing the adventurer. You learn the bag, which he claims is magical in nature, benefits different bearers in different ways. In the case of the man who last took it, I was certain it would allow him to pull off his tricky task, he says, shaking his head. Now now, he says as is plain to see, as is now plain to see, he did not. He never came out of feasters there. And neither did my satchel. Thought of it just lying in a place like that. Horrible. The old man sighs and tells you that if you could manage to venture into the carnage crawler's lair and retrieve the satchel, he would gladly teach you some dart-throwing tricks. Accept the task of retrieving the satchel. Talabar smiles and nods when you tell him you accept the task. I knew I had you figured right, he said. You bring me that satchel and I'll show you some tricks with those darts. I'll have you near the top of the record in no time at all. You mark my words. The old man spends the next small while detailing for you the exact location of Feaster's lair. A cave in the Trollneck region of Fetwood in eastern Tysa. Bit more than just a hop from here, I'm afraid, he says. But you're not a stranger to travel, or I'm quite mistaken. My best advice to you, my friend, is to avoid tangling with Feaster altogether, if possible. Find the satchel and get yourself out of there. Carnish crawlers are nasty things in general, but Feaster, based on what I've heard, Something else entirely. Chalabor describes the satchel, telling you it's a large leather bag engraved with a bright yellow letter R. Though you didn't ask what meaning is attached to the R, he says. But there, now you know what it looks like. Hmm, letter R. Is this Wakamorakara? Maybe. Maybe he had it for a bit, and he had a perfectly decent magical satchel, and he thought, nope, gotta, gotta put, gotta put my letter on it. Doing the cross-stitch, doing the cross-stitch on a magical satchel, engraving the letter R upon it, so everybody knows that it's mine. Do, do, do. <laughs> Telebar thanks you for agreeing to try and recover his satchel from Feaster's lair and again warns you to take care. How you go about things is up to you, of course, he says. But there's no need for unnecessary heroics. Oh, please. Heroics are never unnecessary. All I want is that satchel. And you want to return here 
one one piece so I can teach you some tricks with the darts, White. You bid Tyler Bore farewell, promising him you'll do what you can to attempt to retrieve his satchel from the cave. I've no doubt that you will do your very best, he says, promptly returning his attention to the current round of darts, which immediately earns the thrower, the thrower bur- a burst of his biting criticism. Look for the adventure titles Feaster's Lair in Trollneck in Eastern Tyson. So now I have 56 adventures on the go. Now, if I want to throw darts again, I've got to wait 52 minutes because there's a one hour to cool down between, between dart throws. Presumably because there's just so many people coming round and throwing darts. That that's just how long the queue for throwing the darts is. Uh, converse with Talibra. Talibra, as it become his custom, thanks you for agreeing to try to retrieve his lost satchel. Mind what he said. Mind what I said, he says. No heroics are necessary. All I want is that satchel. Many stay for eternal, of course. After all, can't have one without the other. Okay, that I've thrown some darts. Now I can move about the room. Just going down the list. While moving about the womb, you spot a young woman seated on a stool in the corner, strumming a mandolin and singing to a group of patrons gathered around her. I can look closer at this mandolin. Illabar's mandolin, a magnificent engraved spruce instrument, bears an, an intricate engraver across its face that depicts a castle silhouetted against a full moon. As the song concludes, the, t- the bard tips her plumed cap to the onlookers, several of whom toss gold tokens into the wooden bucket at the, fir- the foot of her perch. Approach the bard and request a song. The bard looks up. Looks up as you approach and swat and swings. Flashing you a, a crooked, friendly smile. He introduces herself as Eolabois, placing notable stress on each syllable of her name. I know an adventurer and I see one, she says. How about a song? A yarn? Anything particular strike? You fancy? Here, how about one of these? The young woman names three, three songs and asks if you would like her to play one of them. So, I could request... Dwell Shadow and the Charred Spell, Chest's Witch, Chest's Witch, and A Clawed Fortune. Ask if she knows any other songs. You ask Edabar if she knows any other songs. The young woman rolls her eyes and smiles. Of course, she says, strumming a ma- mandolin. I know more songs than her grades of sea- sand in the sea. Here, what about one of these? The young The young woman's names three more songs. Yep, so these are all procedurally generated song titles. There's a literally infinite number of them. Well maybe not infinite. Presumably there's probably if you looked at the system in place you could calculate exactly how many different song types there are but I'm assuming it's in the millions easily so I could request Tiny Whimpering Whist Shattered Dragon and the Wistful Belt and Tiny and Boastful Troll Step I'm going to request Shattered Dragon and the Wistful Belt because that's just a cool sounding title Igabar, massively strumming her mandolin and singing with a soft, clear, well-honed voice, embarks on her rendition of Shattered Dragon and the Wistful Belt, which instantly draws in one or two of patrons. The, the song, a meandering, grim composition that evokes a strong emotional response from many within earstocks, 
plays to a well-executed crescendo. Endo before gliding through. Through its dramatic conclusion. When the song concludes, Inabar rises from her perch and bows, as several of those gathered around her applaud and toss gold coins into the bucket at the foot of her stools. I could also toss some gold coins, or I could just bid her farewell and move away, which I think is quite rude since I actually requested the song. I can cross one, five, or ten gold tokens into the bucket. I'm going to go ten. Ilgabar winks at you and flashes a crooked smile. Extremely generous of you. Thank you, she says. Let me know if you'd like to hear any something else. My profound pleasure to play for you again. Quest another song. Certainly, she says, strumming her mandarin. How about one of these? These are some of my favourites. Elabar quickly rattles off the titles of three songs. This Spirit and the ghost. Vicious winged casked. Meridaka and the splintered eagle. Ooh, vicious winged casked. That sounds like an appropriate thing to hear in a tavern. Elabor masterfully strumming her mandolin and singing with a soft, clear, well-honed voice embarks on her rendition of vicious Wings cast, which instantly draws a large crowd of patrons. The short, the song, a short, jaunty work that evokes a strong emotional response from all within earshot, plays to a well-executed crescendo before slight gliding through its dramatic conclusion. And then the tavern keeper. Looked upon the smattered, vicious wing cast and said, Oi, you're going to have to pay for that. Wet, when the song concludes, Elabar rises from her perch and bows. Uh, I made up those words, if you haven't guessed. <laughs> and several of those gathered around her applaud and tossed gold tokens into the bucket at the foot of the stall. Five tokens this time. Very generous of you. Thank you. Let me know if you'd like to hear something else. It'd be my pleasure to play for you again. Yeah, so you could spend a long time just listening. Well, not really listening, because it just you don't actually get any music. <laughs> because that's just not how Swift works. So I can approach Inabar the Bard now, straight away. Move about the womb. You move about the womb, taking in the sights and sounds that fill the tavern's main hall. After completely circumnavigating in the crowded space, you find yourself right back where you started. Now, if it's like any good tavern, there's lots of, there's lots of crazy crap on the wall. Because that's where all the best taverns at the best crazy crap on the wall. That's how you can tell it's a proper tavern. The amount of crazy crap. <laughs> and maybe even a little plaque that gives the history of the tavern. That would be nice. So. Now it is time to do the adventure. Adventure for this location one of the 56 adventures I now have available is called Fire and Flame. The man sneers as he whips his head in your direction, his dark eyes blazing with the fire that seeps from his fingertips. Start the adventure. And so begins Fire and flame. A sharp crackling sound and the unmistakable odour of burnt onzo draws your gaze to the far side of the tavern's main womb, where an energy-rimmed portal has just opened. 
That's probably not good news. Because very, very rarely does a portal open and say, someone goes up and says, oh, sorry, I, I baked too many cake. Would you have some? Or, you know, someone comes out and say, oh, hey, hey look, I'm, I'm, I've got more puppies than I could use. Would you like to adopt one? No, <laughs> that doesn't happen. And no one comes out and says, hey, hey, here we are. Here's the magical fiscal stimulus. Here's your, okay, here you go, 100 gold. Magical fiscal stimulus. Farewell! <laughs> that doesn't happen. Well, maybe it should. Magical fiscal stimulus. You know, a wizard just gate walk, opens a portal into your house and gives you some money. And then disappears. Yes, it, it's, the, it's the new scheme to reinvigorate the economy. I mean, we used to just, we used to send, you know, send people around to do it, but it turns out bandits attacked all of them. So we have to do the magical fiscal stimulus instead. As the patrons in the immediate vicinity of the magical gates gasp in shock and shrink back, a thin, bald man in a dark blue tunic stumbles out of the portal and curses loudly. This isn't Twinabore, is it? He says, scowling as his tall gay, cold gaze scours the chamber. It smells almost as foul. Response to his harsh words. An angry murmur, murmur whipples through the common room. And several patrons begin closing in around the brash visitor. Hey, don't insult the gaff. It has nice food and nice ale and nice payload. And interesting servers. Do not insult my gaff. At least until you've had some food and drink there. Then you can insult it. But you won't, because it's really nice food and drink. Perhaps realising he's hopelessly outnumbered, the man steps towards the crackling portal and mockingly bows to the small throng closing in around him. Two of the tavern's Jane Fang servers inadvertently at the fall the floor for the encroaching mob seem to adopt the mindset of the humans in their midst. The mind the ants cast aside their trays and creep menacingly toward the uncouth visitor. Oh he is in trouble Interesting the says the man. That might partially explain the smell, but certainly not the entirety of it. Suddenly, the bold man makes a sweeping gesture with his right hand, and a massive figure of flame works, works from the fireplace and flies across the room to stand at his side. Oh dear, look, look, don't mess with fire. This is a wooden tavern. Oh, it's got wood. Well, it's okay, look, I mean, the, wall, the walls and ceiling aren't wood, but the beams, the beams are wood. And there's a lot of alcohol here. It's not a good idea to mess with fire here. You could get people killed. You could have the roof falling and crush us all. Don't mess with fire. Use another elemental. Maybe, I don't know, use a nice wind elemental. Maybe a water elemental. Yeah, that'll make a mess, but it's not likely to destroy everything. Just considering... The only way to be rid of a stench like this is to burn it away, he says, as the mob that is moving towards him shrinks away from the blazing fire elemental now stationed at his side. Okay, okay, that escalated quickly. Now, look, look I, I know, maybe you don't like the tavern, but don't burn it down. That's just rude. As the elemental terror begins stomping across the room, the tavern's patrons shriek and scatter, many of them bolting for the door. The bold man, apparently an elementalist of considerable skill, raises his right hand and with a delicate flick of his wrist sends a long bolt of flame streaking towards you. Use element. I have a few options here. Use elementalism, fortification, shadow magic, telekinesis, or I could just dodge it, you know, like a normal person. 
but I'm not a normal person. Hmm, what's the most likely to creep him out? I mean, I'm kind of le I'm leaning towards elementalism, just to say, yeah. I can control the elements too, so there. Or shadow magic, just for the, just so you can go, what? What, what, what even is that? What is this magic? Ah, I'm going back to my portal. <laughs> shadow magic. Your use of shadow magic has failed. Ah, typical shadows. Oh, all, they always decide to ignore me at a critical time. The bolt of flame slams into you and explodes with bone-jarring force, singing your flesh and sending you stumbling back, backwards across the floor. I take 75 damage. Having miraculously survived your encounter with the fiery missile, you defiantly stagger to your feet. You're just going to heal from that. Because you're probably going to have to fight this elemental. And I want to be in good health to do that. The elementalist sneers as he whips his head in your direction. His dark eyes blazing with the fire that seeps from his fingertips. Look, 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 don't. Don't start a fight in a pub with fire. Just have a regular bar brawl with fists. Non-fatal. Everyone leaves smiling. <laughs> if they're drunk enough. <laughs> and stupid enough. <laughs> Which admittedly in a pub is two very easy things to find. <laughs> As you move to confront the mage, determined to prevent him from causing any further harm. The massive elemental he summoned from the fireplace stomps into your path. The blazing Benemoth, almost twice the size it was when it first appears, crackles with unnatural intensity as it swipes at altitude with its long, fiery arms. It's a massive fire elemental. And I've really, you really shouldn't throw fire elementals at me. I have had quite enough of fire elementals from all that proving ground six malarkey. And I'm not going to put up with it. I'm going to extinguish this fire elemental right now. Begin combat. Kill this enemy. The elemental stripes at you with arms of flame. And I will use my power of elemental fury. Ooh. Powerful anti-magic force. The aura surrounding your enemy. Okay, maybe if I try again, the elemental swipes at you with its arms of flame. Try it again. Elemental fury. A howling ice storm descends upon your enemy. 43 damage. So it swipes at me. Okay, 39, 31. A raging crimson inferno takes form and swiftly envelops your foe. Somehow, it didn't make it bigger, which is lucky. This deadly cyclone of sloan and earth surges at your foe. Another one. And it is slain. 11 XP, most of it to elementalism. Your final blow tears the hulking elemental asunder, wildly scattering its flaming fragments across the tavern floor. As the creature's remains swiftly transforms to a small heap of smoking cinders, the elementalist claps and bows. Worthy throw! Pretty, pity I have neither the time nor the patience to deal with you as you deserve, he growls. Here, find your way out of this. Look, look, you're, you're, just, you're just being a jerk. You, you, you went into a bar, you, you insulted everyone, you summoned a fire elemental, and now what are you going to do? The mage waves his white hand, and you're immediately instantly surrounded by a towering barrier of fire. Panic engulfs you when the deadly circle of fire begins closing in, its wild flames licking at your flesh. 
acting on instinct, you brazenly hurl yourself at the flames, hoping to fight your way out of the sinister snare. Pick a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from body, 20 from spirit, 20, 10 from aura. So pick now. 117. You struggle to fight your way through the wall of flames, struggling to endure heat hot enough to melt flesh from bone. And also a really chirp move. 20 stamina points lost. Gasping for for breath and staggering haphazardly, you continue to try and find your way out of the flames. So this is one of those cumulative checks where... You keep doing it until your numbers, until your total numbers reach, reach some checkpoint. So pick a number, bonus of 50. 132. You continue to fight your way through the wall of flames, struggling to endure heat hot enough to melt flesh from bone, 23 damage. Gasping for breath and staggering haphazardly, you continue to try and find your way out of the flames. Pick a number, bonus of 50. 98. You struggle to fight your way through the wall of flames, struggling to endure heat hot enough to melt flesh from bone. 33. Damage this time. Gasping for breath and staggering haphazardly, continue to try and find your way out of the flames. Pick a number. Bonus 50. 56 damage. Okay, I'm going to do a bit of healing now. No. 56 is the number. 28 is the damage. You struggle to find your way through the wall of flames, struggling to endure heat hot enough to melt flesh from bone. 32 XP. You're out! You stagger out of the fire. Fire barrier drawing deep ragged breaths as you endeavour to to fill your oxygen-starved lungs. The fire-wielding mage, standing with one leg inside the energy wind portal through which he arrived, nods approvingly and salutes you with a wave. I suppose this Watson Blythe survives to see another day. He says, now, if you don't mind all that much, I've got a wand of you to keep. With that, it returns... He turn, turns and prepares to step into the portal. Hmm. Obviously, I'm going to stop him. I mean, you do not attack my one of my favourite taverns and just gate away. No, no, no. With no hope of reaching the portal before he disappears into it, your mind races as you hastily consider the options at hand. So, I can actually let him go. I can just throw something at him. I can use gating, elementalism, telekinesis, or archery. Now, gating seems like the most obvious one, because he's going through a gate. So, if I can close the gate, then I'll just make it not work properly. Somehow, then I don't have to worry. I will use gating. Succeeded. 16 XP to gating. You channel your power of gating and a swirling black portal instantly opens to your left. Without hesitation, you rush into the magical gate and emerge from its counterpart a split second later, directly behind the departing elementalist. A single death blow from behind. It licks a startled, pain-laced shriek in a sinister mage and sends him toppling forward where he's swallowed up by the portal's inky, churning core. Suddenly, the energy around the whim of the magical gate vanishes and with a soft hiss in the blink of an eye, the portal closes. Ah, oh, well, he's gone at least. Much to your amazement, the atmosphere inside the tavern Swiftly rebounds from one panic and terror to a mood of general good humour. Your actions are wildly, widely praised and you're credited with chasing off the mage whose powerful magic might otherwise have proved both deadly and destructive. 
A round of ale ale is provided to the patrons. One patrons once again swarming the common room. Its palatable potency serving to soothe a few lingering cases of jangled nerves. In time, the incident of the energy wind portal and the fire-wielding maid is largely forgotten. When Bedoni tales in tales told around the, the other the other lair's hearth on cold winter nights. When it is when it was a call for the telling, the details that left the lips of the teller bet rarely bore any conceivable resemblance to the actual event. Although you did manage to get a good look though you never did manage to get a good look at the mage those impress Impressive mastery of shadow elemental magic might easily have left to death and ruin. Something about the old man in the blue tunic was and remains strangely familiar. He may want to return to Great Lake House and investigate a strange flame-marked door. And that finishes this little adventure... For 256 experience to general, and just 16 XP to all skills and powers, because it is a rather small adventure. Now let's go to Gateleg House. Here we are. Alright, where, where, where did I put it again? I forget. It's in the Stone Hills, right? Great Ledge House. This is the main hall of Great Ledge House. With great effort and at no small cost, you have managed to fully restore both the house and its sprawling grounds to their original grandeur. Great Ledge House is now, with a few small differences, much like it was when it was first built. Still, you're fairly certain that with some work, you might be able to make some additional improvements. But that, that's for another time. So, wait a minute. Investigate the hidden lair? No, 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 that's not it. That's not it. There's supposed to be something here. Purchase upgrades. Uh, no, 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 that's not it. Maybe I have to save for it to apply. And then leave. Then enter again. No, there's supposed to be something that turns up. Hmm. Supposed to be a little door, but I'm not seeing it. Not the battleground portal, no. No, that's been there before. Where is it? Where is this new thing? You may want to investigate a strange flame-marked door. Hmm. I don't see it yet. Maybe there's something else i got to do first. Let's see the residence wiki page. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay. Oh, I say no. Okay. I'm not sure where it's happened. I'm just going to visit my coachman. Going to go to Trithic again. And then I'm going to go back to my residence and see if anything's happened. Nope. No, there must be something else I have to do to see that flaming portal. Don't know what it could be. Right, but when it does turn up, I'm going to add it on the end of this episode. But until... But next time... We'll go see about this feaster's lair. Because I've got a satchel to retrieve. 
And I hope this isn't just some sort of elaborate murder scheme. Because that guy is actually a carnage crawler in human disguise. Because that, that would just be really silly. He just... He just overestimated the magical effects of this satchel and someone got killed. And also, I think I've probably got to go with this feaster before before he sends anyone else to get the satchel and that person can't handle it. But that's for next time. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.